Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. And I'm Ben. We are here to bring you our opinions on the news, notes, and happenings from around the world of sports. Episode 79. Good show playing for you today. We have the NBA players have started to arrive at the Orlando bubble, as it is being affectionately or not affectionately referred to. Uh, the NFL has had some disgruntled employees the last few days with some of the procedures they're putting in place or proposing to put in place for the upcoming season. Uh, they they kind of skated by earlier with all the administrative stuff. Roger Goodell did a good job handling that. But now that actual on-field practices and protocol are being discussed, there's some concerns, and we're, we're going to get to a couple of those later on. But first, got a little bit of news. I'll start with the most outlandish thing that I think I've seen in quite some time. Apparently... I don't know if this was a poll or just a question one one coach answered, but there is an offensive coach out there in the NFL who said Ezekiel Elliott is not a top 10 running back. I thought NFL drug tested, so I, I don't know how this could be. I mean, there's no world where you see Zeke is not a top 10 guy. Not a chance. No, not even, not the most talented receiving running back, but far from the worst. He can catch. So he's definitely uh, making top ten. Absolutely. I mean, realistically, I mean you're looking at the, the top running backs here. He he was second in rushing yards last year with thirteen hundred and fifty seven, couple hundred behind Derrick Henry. Uh, Twelve touchdowns. I mean, and I mean, I don't under he's in his prime. He's in the early stages of his prime. He has probably a few dominant years left. Before he might start hitting the downtrend, because you know running backs have a short life expectancy. Yeah. I mean, you got guys on this list under him like Nick Chubb, Christian McCaffrey, who had less rushing yards, but I mean McCaffrey, he still had thirteen hundred rushing yards plus, and over a thousand receiving yards. So McCaffrey, if you ask me on NFL running backs, it's Christian McCaffrey than everyone else. I think Saquon's up there because he can catch and run. He could be a thousand thousand yard guy just like McCaffrey. I know that's kind of high praise because he had a down year last year, but the Giants as a whole offensively were not great. They were figuring some things out. I mean, who, who else? I mean, Derrick Henry is not known for his hands, to say it mildly. No, he's not. He's showing some offseason videos. He's working on it, but he's not, you know, he's. You got to go with what's on tape. You can't just. Go exactly. You got to go what you do on the field. Nick Chubb appears to be more of a pure runner, although he doesn't seem like he's awful at receiving. They've used him as more of a running back to the dismay of my fantasy team last year. I mean, you have, you have Derrick Henry, and then Ezekiel Elliott, number two. He's perennially up towards the top of the list and everything. He's in his prime. I, I don't know. I don't... This is just a half-ass opinion. I, I mean, mean this, is, this is a terrible take. The, the, the problem The problem is, is the person won't put his name to it. That's That's... Well, of the course Genesis not, because you know how ludicrous it is. And I like uh, Zeke's uh, tweet. Whoever that is, is faded. LOL, which is fair. Which is oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who has a thought that Zeke is not top ten. He's just not. He's he's top top five. And I I don't have the name. I don't have the names in front of me right now. But I probably would put him top five at the minimum, without without digging too much into it. And you, you tend to you tend to go top running backs. You tend to go season by season, not like 
bulk of the career, unless you want to do greatest of all time, which we've done before. But realistically, you go year by year. Well, I could argue a point that Zeke had a better year than Alvin Kamara. Oh, for sure. Last year. Yeah, yeah. So that automatically puts him ahead of Alvin Kamara. And Alvin Kamara is probably, is definitely a top 10 player. Okay, I'm going to run down some names for you. Sure. Just, you know, doesn't have to be single word response, but relatively quick. I'm going to say the top 10 running backs from last season as far as rushing yards go. Obviously, you had receiving yards in there too. But I'll run the top 10 and maybe a few other interesting ones. If you had to take them as they are in a career right now, over Ezekiel Elliott, would you? Knowing everything you know about them. Derrick Henry. I got you. Uh, Derrick Henry? Uh, No. Nick Chubb? No. See, I would would take Chubb. I I think I'd be taken the wrong way. Uh, Christian McCaffrey? Yes. I think that's, unless you're a Cowboys fan, that's pretty unanimous. Chris Carson? No. No. Joe Mixon? No. I had to think about it for a second. Yeah, no, yeah, he's he's got to prove it first. Leonard Fournette, that's an easy no, no for me. No, no, no. Dalvin Cook. Yes. One great year. Uh, see, I'd go no. I'd go. I take Zeke over Dalvin. But that, that, another pause. I had to think about that yeah. for a second. Marlon Mack. I mean, that's a no for no, me. No, 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 no. And I like Marlon Mack. I think he's underrated, but yeah, he's but not Zeke. No, not Zeke. Sony Michelle. I'm a Pats no. fan, and no, no way. I take Zeke all day. Le'Veon Bell. At this point, I take Zeke. No. Uh, you got Carlos Hyde. That's easy. No. You say Zeke. Josh Jacobs. I don't know, man. I need more than one year, but if, if the Jacobs we saw last year is the real Jacobs, then, it, then that's yes, a tough but, one. But that, that's a different conversation. Tape? What's on tape? What's, yeah. what's proven right. fact? No, I, I take Zeke over him. If he is what I think he can be, and it is a whole different conversation this next year at this time. But, yeah, I, I got to go Zeke, though. Then you got David Montgomery. I mean, again, another one. You got to go with what's on tape. Well, you've seen in Montgomery, the future in a couple of years could be. But right now, right now I go Zeke. And you got guys like Todd Gurley. I think easily I take Zeke. Right. Not and talent potential-wise. Todd Gurley is a game-breaker, but who knows how much and he's going to hold up. So I, I think you've mentioned um, I, I've, I've chosen three players. I think I've said yes, maybe two. And you haven't said Saquon yet, which you obviously Saquon was actually the last one I was going to mention on the list. And, yeah, And that's a yes for me. Yeah, I take so him. It's yeah. literally – two or three players I would take over Zeke, which is how it should be because he's got the he's got the track record. He still has the talent and the ability. He hasn't hit that wall yet. So whoever said he's the eleventh best running back, I would like to see your list, sir or ma'am, on who the other yeah. ten on that list are. Because you have to have some ridiculous names in there also. You, you if you're gonna, if you're gonna have that you get to eleven. I mean, if you ask me and then we'll move on, move on to the next news topic. For my money, McCaffrey's number one. I know it's. I know he keeps saying well, you can only show what's on the field, but he showed a lot on the field. This guy did. Saquon number two, Chubb number three, Zeke number four. That's my. That's my top four. If you're gonna go top five, uh, you can throw Dalvin Cook in there for yeah. for number five. I mean, uh, only because he did have the severe injury. And those other four guys, I don't believe have had that at least in the pros. So that's fair. Um, I think we only disagree on Dalvin Cook and Nick Chubb, and that's kind of like kind of flip flopped, yeah. Flip floppy. You put him on. You 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 switch Dalvin Cook and, and Nick Chubb on te- uh, you know, from each other's team. 
Now right. I'm, I'm on board with Nick Chubb as being better, and I'm not on board with Dalvin Cook. So it might be a product of just the Browns and how shooty they've been the entire existence. Yeah, the entire doesn't. Yeah. It just doesn't justify putting him 11th. It just doesn't. I'm sorry. You you can't give me six or seven other running backs that are better. No, you than can me. use the fill in that space. There's no way. And I can't I can't put Derrick Henry in there in my top five because until until last season he had a good couple last games of the 2018 season yep. and then he had a great 2019 season. Uh, show me again this year. And he's more prolific than than uh than Derrick Henry. There's no chance. Yes. No. I, I, yeah. I, all, I still think Zeke all day over him. All Henry but. does is is catch um screen passes and little shovel passes as his 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 offensive ability on, right in the pass. Catching department, which so, he did very well last year, but before, uh, as far as running the ball, right? But that was last year, and where were you the previous three you, years? And you can't, you can't two put years. him like you can't do what he do with uh, Christian McCaffrey. So it's, it's no. All right, moving on. Yeah, we got uh, some MLB issues, or um, yeah, sort of issues. Apparently, the umpires' union is a little displeased with umpire Joe West. Now, usually it's the fans who are displeased with umpire Joe West. Usually it's the fans and the players. So yes. now we're all coming together. Yeah, we're all agreeing now that Joe West is not good. However, it's because of an opinion he has that he is not concerned, despite being considered at risk for the coronavirus, he is not concerned about the upcoming season. And as usual, the Lemmings all have to join each other. And jump in because Joe West is not allowed to have his own opinion. He's not allowed to have his own thought. Um, whether I do agree with it or not, it's irrelevant. The man has a right to not be concerned. Yeah. Whether it bites him in the ass or not, who knows? But everybody who is worried about this, it's like anything. You can only have one extreme or the other. Either have the people. Well, I should not. Not all people. All the people that are visible. I should say in the public eye. Not everybody. I'm sure people listening to this who are very reasonable. I would hope. Yeah, people who you have to be absolutely terrified at all mom- at all costs, every moment of every day that this thing is the end of the world, or you're out licking doorknobs. Like there's no common sense in between. So, as far as I know, all Joe West said he was he was not concerned because all the protocols they've put in place, if you're being cautious, are should be more than enough to keep people safe without a problem. That's all I saw. I didn't because I didn't click on it because I don't really care what Joe S has to no. say. He can have his opinion, but if it was a long conversation or there was more context to his discussion, then obviously that's important to put in there, and not just he's not concerned with the virus. Right. Like if you're just putting that out there, first off, clickbaity. Yeah. Second off, your 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 journalistic integrity. Is coming into question. Does that exist it, anymore? Huh? Does that exist much anymore? I don't uh, really think that exists. No, nah, it probably doesn't anymore. exist. Yeah. I mean, there's there's few outlets. No, there's some good ones, yeah. And some people, but uh, most of it, no, they don't. They just want to put stuff out there. And when I say they, it's both sides. Let's not let's not beat around the bush. It's both sides. Oh, absolutely. There's um, no there's no one sidedness of this, regardless of how you feel, whether whether it be sports, politics, uh, anything, anything newsworthy. There, everybody has a narrative, so. So I just, I just, he's allowed to have his opinion. If he's not worried, he's not worried. That's fine. Yeah. He can have his opinion. That that he garners that from the First Amendment. Your right to well, free speech. Yeah, some people. The First Amendment's offensive now. So no. I, for one, do not pertain to have that opinion. 
Neither do I. But uh, I also can but. politely disagree with Joe yep. that you should be concerned, especially with your advanced age. You should be concerned. But he's not. That's fine. I'll just, we'll just sit back and, and, and if he comes down with it, be like, okay, Joe, well, maybe you should have been a little concerned. Yeah. But if, he's taking, but if his context was he feels comfortable with the protocols that MLB is putting in, okay, follow all the protocols. Which, which again, as far as, as far as I could see, unless I, there was something that he said beyond that that they didn't show at first, which I doubt it because anything that could make him look like he's uh, not going with the flow, they would have put down in, in the headline. So it essentially is that, is even though he's a little bit older and at risk with some health issues, he's not concerned based on the protocols MLB's putting in place. So I know it's news to some people, but you can take this seriously and still not be terrified Every second of every day. Other baseball news, not really much of a surprise the way things are going right now. Uh, there will not be fans in attendance to start the 2020 shortened MLB season. Not a shock. MLB no. has not officially ruled it out for the entire year. They have decided uh, that they will go on a, a you know, within a certain period of time, they'll reevaluate and then, you know, come to a conclusion and reevaluate and come to a conclusion, which I think is the logical thing to do. I mean, that's the first, I think, logical thing I've seen MLB do to this point uh, right off the bat. So I agree with that. You're not going to have people in the stands to start with. I mean, you can't very well tell people, you know, you can't go sit down at a, a restaurant and have a meal, but you can go pack into a ballpark that's kind of sending more mixed signals. we got enough of those going on this day and age as it is. So, I mean, um, NFL is actually the same way to that I, be, I believe they have not decided yet. Uh, but I know I know one team I saw today, the Ravens, have already said if fans will be allowed, there will be a 14,000-person max capacity, which you might say, oh, 14,000, that's way too many. Well, when you're normally talking that uh, that stadium holds, what, 72 to 80,000 people? 14,000 can be very, very, very well uh, sp- spaced apart to make things safe. So, of course. Um, still won't be good enough for some people, but I think it's a step in the right direction. And I think by that point in August, September, I mean, come on. Let's let's start getting real with this, folks. You're, 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 you're in the red anyway. So yeah, let's, let's start getting real with this if thing. You're, if you're going to err on the side of caution and not have fans at all, then, then so be it. They'll generate your revenue elsewhere, generate your interest elsewhere. I still would have liked to see the mics come in, but, you know, we, we, we can't get what we want, Chris, unfortunately. But it would have been interesting to see, maybe not live, but delayed. Would have been nice to kind of have that interaction, that, that, that connection to the players in-game. Would have been nice. Yeah. But yeah, you get what I mean, you get, you know? Yeah. You get what it's, you get. It's... And they're not gonna they didn't want to do it. And I I don't want I do not want to suss out that whole situation. Yeah, it's a whole it's a whole thing. Like I said, you you can take this seriously and know it's a concern, but not I mean, at some point, enough's gotta be enough. But I agree at least to start with. Let's let's see where things go in the next few weeks and then take it from there. Uh, both Browns tight end David Njoku 
and 49ers running back Raheem Mostert have requested to be traded from their respective teams. Um, I, 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 we've talked about this before. We could see the Njoku one coming a mile away after the Browns sign Austin Hooper. Mostert was kind of a surprise. I think he feels he can be a starter somewhere. Of course. A team can really use him, and I can't blame the kid. I mean... He was extremely productive when he was... Uh, yeah, playing. he was extremely effective. Doesn't... I mean, even though the... Uh, who the 49ers trade? They traded uh, Tevin Coleman? No, not Coleman. Um, they traded one of the running backs of the draft. Um, I can't... The, I'll tell you who they have on the roster right now. They have... Uh, they must have... Uh, Matt Burita, they must have traded. Yeah, they traded Matt Burita, yes. So Raheem Mostert's... Slated as the starter. And then you have... To, oh. So you have Temin Coleman. Jarek McKinnon's supposedly going to come back. Yeah. And then you have Jeff Wilson Jr. we mentioned before. And I'm sure they... I'm almost sure they drafted somebody. But I can understand if he's got some indication that maybe he's not a starter or it's just... It's going to be by committee. Uh, they 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 drafted. I don't know if they drafted, but they had a uh, Salvo Ahmed and uh, Jamichael Hasty also on the roster as running backs. But I mean, I could understand his his thought process if he feels like it's going to be a, a running back, Mike Binney, or if the coaching staff said it so much that it's going to be running back by committee. I could see him thinking, "This is my time to strike." I'm 28 years old. I need to go out there and I need to try to hit it big because we know when that fall-off year is usually for running back, and that's two years from now. And who knows what Raheem Mostert's going to be. And I don't know if he's a free agent at the end of the year, but odds are he's probably a free agent in the end of the year. And if he stays in this offense, he's not going to be as productive as, let's say, a Marlon Mack with the Colts, who is probably the primary, with the exception of uh, Naheem Hines as the uh, pass catcher. I would, I, if I were him, I would do the same thing. Yeah, I don't blame him whatsoever. I'm gonna, you know, just, I mean, from what I can see here, he's an undrafted uh, free agent. He, this uh, 49ers are his. Looks like sixth team in five NFL seasons, although he has he was on the 49ers for part of 2016, and then since then. Uh, and last year, he played in all 16 games, didn't start once. Right. Got almost 800 rushing yards, eight touchdowns. You know, he, he, can, he can catch out of the backfield. I mean, he had that outstanding game in the NFC Championship game where he pretty much single-handedly dismantled the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, this kid's stock is never going to be higher. He's 28. So I think he's trying to go out and get his money, and I can't blame him one bit because if he just stays a backup role, I mean. They're going to play Coleman because yeah, they paid him. exactly. They've been waiting for Jarek McKinnon yep, to two actually year, be yeah, available because they now. paid him. Yep. Like, that just tells me he, they're going to get opportunity. And the less opportunity he gets, well, that payday is looking a lot, lot less. So I can understand, and I can – I'll double down on David Njoku. It's the same thing. Opportunity. He's not going to get the opportunity he could get elsewhere in uh, in Cleveland. Not to mention the questionable offense in general, the questionable organization in general, but the weapons, the fact that he's the number two tight end 
and the number one tight end just got paid bank by that team just tells me that he doesn't want to be there. He doesn't want to be a part of it. And it's nothing against them. It's just he needs opportunity. And I agree with him. He needs opportunity. And there are teams that need a talented tight end. And I think that the, I think the first team I may have mentioned to you is uh, there's, a, there's a team in New England that needs a tight end. I think you fit out really good there. Well, you would do. The only problem is that even with Rex Burkhead's recent restructuring, they still have just barely over a million dollars in cap room. So I don't know what Njoku's making. He is a former first-round pick, 29th overall. So, and to the best of my knowledge, coming out of college, he was a pretty highly touted offensive option for tight end. And he has, in three years, he has 93 receptions and 1,066 yards. Came out of the U. So, yeah. So, I mean, this kid can do more. Browns don't know how to use him. Granted, last year he only started one game. He played in four because he came off of injury because Baker Mayfield was just hell-bent on throwing him in the double and triple coverage every time he threw him the ball. And it finally, you know, finally was enough on that Monday night game against the Jets. And, yeah, and then I mean, you have that. And then you throw in... The fact they signed Austin Hooper. They didn't pay Austin Hooper that money to come in and not be the number one. So Njoku, much like the guy down there in uh, O.J. Howard, down there in Tampa Bay, who, you know, they bring in Gronk. They still have Cameron Bray. It's like, get me out of here. Let me let me go somewhere and be effective. Let's, let's be transparent. O.J. Howard hasn't, as far as I know, said anything, though, right? No, I don't believe so. Yet. Yet. But if I were him. If I were him, I'd want to trade. Go trade me to a team that's going to use me. I'm an offensive weapon. OJ Howard's like an Evan Ingram, man. He's, he's a wide receiver playing tight end. And he again, can run. And, and we can, we can go back him. to the same team that I just mentioned. New England needs a tight end. Like, Cleveland has six tight ends. Two of them they drafted this year. Yeah. One, they signed to a big money contract this past season. So, it, I understand what they're doing. You want talent. I get it. He's uh, he's making three million this year, by the way. So, but I, I I still think there's a there's an opportunity for money. Joe Tooney, he's making fourteen, and that's on a franchise tag. If they can work out a contract, some sort of contract extension, get that number down to ten. They could bring him in. Yeah. Ten, nine. I mean, they could bring him in, and it'd be exceptional. And David Njoku is on his. Fourth season, obviously, you know what they did. They picked up his fifth-year option. So you have to factor in that increase in money, but as we've discussed before, next year, albeit we don't know the salary cap implications of the uh, season, but the Patriots will have more money because Tom Brady's dead, dead caps off the books. Depending on... Uh, compensation, what they want. Maybe they want a tight end back, which they have. I know it, it wouldn't be a fair trade, but they have rookies that they drafted. And they're two garbage guys that we've mentioned before, but we haven't really cared to remember their names because they've been ineffective as Patriots. Yeah, like I said, it was uh, it was, was a tr- drop, drop pass and wrong route. That's their yeah. names. Yeah. So, so. I, I, there's, op- there's op- opportunities. And, and I'm only thinking New England because I'm a fan of New England and I know their team. Right. There are plenty of other teams that need tight ends. And O.J. Howard and 
David and Joker are kind of being, I don't want to say wasted, but yeah, wasted talent in in the spot they're at because of multiples at the position. Unless you could figure out a way to work the offense like the Patriots did in um, 11, 10, and oh, actually started in 11 with uh, Hernandez and, uh, Gron- and Gronk, where you just, they were just so so different that it worked. And they utilized both skill sets extremely well. So you think at the end of the day, you know, the 20, forget everything else that's going on, 2020 season starts, David Njoku, Cleveland Brown. No. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think they trade him. They know they can trade him. They know they can get, they can still get not only his price, but the fact he has a fifth-year option. They can get something decent for him in return right now. And they still have Austin Hooper. So, yeah, I think I think I'd be interested to see where he goes, but I think it would be something if they trade him to Atlanta. <laughs> the irony. Yeah. No kidding, right? Moving on. The NFL and the NFL Players Association are discussing uh, the possibility of players being able to opt out of the 2020 season due to, obviously, coronavirus. Yep. Um, players would be able to opt out due to any COVID-19 related concerns, such as they had a family member who was high risk, they were high risk. You know, you got some guys who are cancer survivors and obviously they'd be more susceptible and, you you know, you couldn't blame anybody for that or real young kids at home who may have some issues or elderly parents who might live with them or they see a lot. So any any of those, you know, you don't – the way I read it was – it's not going to be something where, like, you have to supply ridiculous documentation. It's like, hey, you know, my mom's 92, <laughs> and uh, I'm not putting her at risk. All right, well, you're going to opt out. There's no decision yet on how that would affect uh, the contracts, but uh, obviously anything that is decided would have to be agreed upon before the start of training camp. This would have to all be hashed out, so... You know, players aren't expected to show up and then all of a sudden say, well, I'm not coming. You know, you don't want people to use this as an excuse for a holdout or anything like that without looking bad. So they'll have to figure out how it'll affect contracts and things of that nature. But I, ju- I just, I, mean, I just, I don't know. Pre-warn them as a tip, a suggestion. Maybe keep this behind closed doors, the conversation. Yeah, yeah. Let this be, don't, don't do a baseball deal. Let this, let this be private. If, if you want to be productive, Demora Smith, Roger Goodell, have meetings in person, over Zoom, whatever you want to do. But leave it at that. Have an agreement that we're not going to use our resources in the media to put out what our side is thinking. And the same, you do the same. That way, we can hash this out as grown adults and not have the players... Or the player's agents or the player's family start to spout off and then it becomes an ugly scenario like, uh, I don't know, baseball just Yeah, baseball, MLB, yeah, exactly. Like, that was literally three months of just mudslinging is the best way I can put it. So, that would be my tip to them. They want to listen? Go ahead. You don't want to listen? Well, you'll just get what the MLB had. Well, the thing is, they're starting to get backlash already over some of their protocols they put in place. So they've already decided, because 
we said months ago that when and even earlier in this show in the intro, Roger Goodell, for all we criticize him, and as Patriots fans, we have not always been uh, the kindest to uh, Uncle Roger, but it, he did a great job with the administrative side of this in the beginning. He was on point. You know, um, you shut down facilities. There wasn't any question of, well, you can do this, you can do that. It's no, if we're going to shut it down, we're going to shut it down. The draft was not in person. The draft was held remotely. That was handled greatly. We 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 were suspect if it would or not, but it did. It, it really worked out well. Did an awesome job with that. It raised a lot of money for charity. Did a lot of really good things with that. But now we're getting down to the on-the-field stuff. Right. And this is different because Roger Goodell can sit there and say, well, I'm going to mandate that all the facilities are closed. I'm not taking the chance. And that was a good call at the time. Now facilities are open again, obviously, with precautions. And as far as I know, having any real issues because they were cautious in the beginning. So they've been, they were smart. The protocols they want to put in place for on the field, however, are contradictory to say the least. Do we want to go through all of them or do we just... Uh, I mean, we just quickly. I mean, point. here's the thing, right? So... These guys are going to be on the field with each other yeah. for three, three and a half hours. Roughly, yeah. Sweating, potentially bleeding, um, although you don't see it anymore because it's not the 1940s. You don't see a guy bleeding and not being attended to, so that's not really that much of a concern. Full contact. Yes. But then, post-game, they can't get within six feet of each other on an opposing team. And you can't a lot, a lot of star players will do a jersey swap and then autograph the other their jersey for another player when it's over. It's a sign of respect and camaraderie, and a lot of players love doing it. That has been banned. Banned. So this same jersey you sweat into for three hours that you are tackling this person in or running from this person and they're trying to tackle you, you can't swap with them. Even though, even though no player who shows any symptoms or has been exposed in any way, who has a temperature of above 100.4, will be allowed in the facility on game day, and it will be tested an average of three times a week. So you're telling me if the Carolina Panthers faced the New England Patriots, Cam Newton, and Christian McCaffrey, I would assume, I don't know for sure, probably have a great friendship, been together the entire time uh, Christian's career, and and Cam moved on to another to a new team that they wouldn't want to swap, and he can't do that. No, why? Because every step of the way, with how procedures and shutdowns have been can't have been handled, has been half-assed to say the least. It's like you can't, you know. It's <laughs> you can go to Home Depot and buy whatever you want, but you can't go into a Coles and buy a shirt because apparently COVID knows to stay off of lumber, but it no, it stays on a sweater. I can go to Walmart and get a shirt. Yeah. So we, everybody along the way has really picked and choose what's okay and what isn't. Right. That's what and it when is. I say everybody, everybody, folks, I'm, I'm talking, you know, the lawmakers and no matter what side of the aisle they're on, everybody's really picked and choose what we're all supposed to be worried about, what we're not. It's it's they've backtracked, they've you know, come back to it, they've left it, they've come back to it. This is a problem now, it's not a problem later. Uh you can't have a fourth of July celebration, but 
you can have 10,000 people burn down a target and that's okay. So I, I, you know, I don't know. Uh, I hope we see football, but a lot of these players, honestly, man, if a lot of these players decide, nope, I'm good. So here's, don't blame them. So here's your problem going to be, okay? With MLB, you have an entire minor league system where you could start picking players because they're not playing. So if you have players opting out, you could start moving people up to the active roster, probably make exceptions because it is an extraordinary situation. Probably make exceptions to not have to remove. You mean these unprecedented times? I didn't want to say that, Chris. I just wanted to move away That's from that. That's why I said it in this super awkward announcer voice. Same thing with the NBA. The NBA has the G League plus the NBA. Oh, I'll exclude the. Um, isn't, it the isn't it the D League or is it did they change the G League? Oh, they changed it. I know it used yeah, to be the D League. It's the G League. Oh, okay. uh, Gatorade is the. Uh, oh, okay. Okay, I got you. Sponsor, yeah, okay. So. But you have the G League who has. You know, players that can be funneled up to the um, NBA if you need to. Plus, there's free agents, obviously. And you see free agents being signed here and there uh, to replace opt-outed players. The NFL, I, I understand that there are tons of players coming out of college who don't get signed and all that, but you don't have the pool to pull from that the other sports do. Even though you have 55 guys, you have 11 uh, practice squatters, 11? Yeah, 11. You're going to tap out pretty quickly of talent uh, if people start testing positive and people start opting out, and you're not going to have the talent level. What if a star quarterback taps Hey, I mean... I mean, it's their choice. Right. I have no problem with that. That's what I'm saying. But if Matt Ryan decides to opt out, what happens to the Atlanta Falcons? They don't blow a 28-3 to lead. I don't think they get the opportunity. Sorry, guys. I couldn't help it. I don't I, think I, they yeah, get the opportunity. But now... Falcons fans out there, my bad. Sorry. As, as we've discussed, this is uh, Quinn, right? What's his name? Dan Quinn? Dan Quinn, yes, yeah. thank you. This is his last opportunity. He barely made it last year. Well, Ben... They have to make an exception for him during these unprecedented times. Keep saying unprecedented times. I'm going to take that mic. You're going to do nothing. I edit it. I'll make you sound dumb. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. No, I really do. I appreciate the By the way, are you, the sweating, as, are you sweating as bad as I am right now? Huh? Are you sweating as bad as I am right now? A little bit. My God. It's but 100 degrees in here. We'll be fine. We'll, be fine. Oh, we'll make it. It's just like, man. We'll tough it out. I, I don't like... I don't like the no jersey swaps because I just don't understand it. I don't like the inconsistency. I, I, I want to make one thing very clear to anybody, if I haven't made it clear already. I am not mocking anybody who's scared of this thing or is still worried. I'm not mocking you. I get it. I'm not making fun of you. I'm not trying to uh, say you shouldn't be. I'm not saying it isn't something to take seriously for certain groups of people. All I'm saying is let's have some consistency from the beginning, it's been nothing but inconsistent, and it's just getting to me that the same people who can sit there and tout how great we've handled things can also not see the inconsistencies. How do you tell people they're going to sweat their ass off all over the field for three and a half hours, but then you can't swap the same jersey when you've been tested three times a week? I mean, this is bordering. This isn't bordering. This is absurd. It is. We're not talking about people who aren't tested. If you're just having to walk off the street from, the, from, from God knows where and go into a stadium and play together, I can understand that completely. 
much like baseball and every other sport, we're talking guys who have the best medical care you're going to find. They are tested. They are monitored. Like, the risk is low. If you don't already have it, that you're going to get it doing anything. I mean, this is just... I don't even know what to say anymore. I've never seen anything like this. No, it's... It's idiocy is what it is at its basis point. And I just don't... I just don't get it. And it may be something... It's, it, it is small in the grand scheme of things, but realistically, if it starts with this and the inconsistency of the jersey swap as opposed to tackling, tackling each other for three hours plus, where, where else is it going to go to? What... Well, I'll tell you where it's going to go to. I know you pointed it out here. And we'll just generalize the whole money issue, which I don't want to get into because I already know where that's going to go because we saw it happen with the MLB. Well, we're going to – we just mentioned it, so we got to bring yeah. it up now. I mean, uh, apparently the owners have proposed to the MLB – MLB. Yeah, the NFL owners don't want to pay baseball players. Good one. The NFL proposed a 35% salary escrow – to the NFL Players Association, and essentially this would help the help the owners who are, of course, crying broke, manage the league and the cost of running the league during low revenue times, such as the upcoming season with limited attendance. Well, NFLPA essentially told the league to kick rocks. That if they want to do that, it has to be collectively bargained in the next collective bargaining agreement. If a situation like this were to arise in the future, right. they would not agree to this. Wait, didn't they just sign a new deal? They did, okay. which did not include this. So, oh, good. You've, you wrote that up too. Good. See you in 10 years. Essentially, what they're telling them like, this isn't happening. So, basically, either paying the full salary or they're not going to play. Yeah, I mean that's uh, Michael Thomas just came out and said as much without being without being coy or without being anything. He said, "Go ahead and do that." Uh, I'm paraphrasing, just yeah. you know, and don't quote me because I don't have the exact quote. But essentially, we'll sit out and not play before this happens. We won't agree to this. That's it. And like, everyone's uh, deal that um, says they're on the roster the third day of the season, fourteenth day of the season, and they get their guaranteed money. They get their guaranteed money, right? I assume so. Because the contract says, pretty sure the contracts don't say if they're playing. Like, those are roster bonuses. So, guaranteed money or, or kickers to make it guaranteed money usually start day three, day four, yeah, day yeah. five of the NFL season. If you don't know what the NFL season starts, it's in March. When do they play football? In September. So, my math tells me if I'm, oh, let's just use an example of a gentleman who just signed. Patrick Mahomes. Who did voice displeasure with this it, uh, for obvious reasons. I can't blame him. I, I think that's why I was yeah. going that direction. Um, he has many, many, many indicators in his contract where he hits day three of March, uh, which is the third day. Um, I'm sorry. The third day of the March. The third day of the new season, which it could be any day of the month at that point. But my point, my base point is it's the third day of the NFL season. His contract for whatever season is guaranteed. Well, he's going to get his money. Right. So you're going to pay him anyway. So it's the the, the players that are, the players that are getting screwed 
would be the ones that a chunk of their salary comes from playing time, uh, playing time. You know, actually being ha- roster bonuses. Because roster bonuses would be during the season. Right. But if you have guaranteed money, like uh, another individual I can remember that um, is getting crazy money each and every year for doing mediocre work. And I think you know who I'm talking about. Amari Cooper? Incorrect. You're close. Oh. Uh, Kirk Cousins. Oh. <laughs> Captain, well, the, Captain Mediocre. Well, the funny part is, though, is Kirk Cousins is one of the few, I believe only one of two, fully guaranteed contracts in the league along with Julio Jones. Yes. So, some of them are getting close. Yeah, it, it'd but be those inter- two. Yeah, are the only that are like guaranteed. So, here's the thing: when it came to baseball, and it was uh, a reduced season, right. very reduced to this point, sixty games, if we even get there. Uh, it, the, baseball contracts are fully guaranteed. Yes, all baseball contracts are fully guaranteed. Yes. Obviously, there's there's opt outs and disclaimers, and you know, Language. a star player, you know, if he's does high-risk activities, can't do this, can't do that, and otherwise the team can get out. But for the most part, these are fully guaranteed, and they just stay that way. Right. NFL contracts are far from it, which is crazy because it's one of the more violent, I mean, you could argue hockey too, violent American sports at least, and the money's not guaranteed. There's so many uh, incentives and step-ups and all these things for these guys to get the full contract you see. So when you see a guy sign a 10-year, $100 million contract, He's pretty much going to get that guaranteed money, and then probably a few seasons worth. And no one's crying him a river. I mean, they're not. We're not going to have to start a GoFundMe for him because they only have eighty million dollars. But there's a lot of that money they don't see. So, if you're talking holding thirty five percent in escrow, and potentially not playing the entire season, you have a lot of guys, a lot of guys who already weren't even close to fully guaranteed, who are going to take a massive hit for still putting themselves at just as much physical risk. Oh, there's a guy we can talk about, Raheem Mostert, who's getting, if I looked up his contract, he's probably getting uh, league minimum. Nothing great. And like we mentioned, he's probably on, on, on course to, get, um, to want to get a free agent contract. But he can't if he, well, he, can if he can't play, but he needs, if, if he feels like it's too much of a risk, then he can't play. He's kind of stuck. He's one of those players who's stuck in a hard place. It's like I haven't got my money yet because I haven't got the opportunity. Right. And I need to. I need the opportunity to make that contract, and then of course compile that with next year's free agent class. Could be sketch because of uh, the potential of the reduction in salary. So it, it's it's lining up for players like Raheem Mostert. Could be sketch. What are you? Sixteen. Yes. Yes, I'm 16, Chris. My Lord, Ben. But I, I just, the, the base point is is that some people are potentially, well, he actually he's not a free agent. Ooh. Who, he, Mostert? Mostert is not a free agent. He actually had a, he got an extension in 2019 for 3 and $8.7 million. Okay. So he's getting so paid pretty well. He's getting some money. He's getting 2.8 this year, 3.1 next year, but... That's an easy rip up if a team wants to set trade for him, and, and I know I don't want to go down that that road because but I just got more information. But my my base point on the whole thing is that a player like this, who is twenty eight years old, who probably wants that contract ripped up by another team, and given a decent contract, might not get it 
if he doesn't play and might not get it if he does play. And it's kind of uh, stuck in the middle. And that's that's probably why Patrick Mahomes signed signed his deal, even though it was a great deal. It's a great deal for both both sides. But why he didn't like hold the Chiefs over a barrel for multiple reasons. To just get everything he wanted. So I, I, I just think the owners, you, you really need to think long and hard what you're going to do with this season because I don't think you want to play this game no. MLB played. You, you're, you you're in a different, you you're in a different yeah. atmosphere than MLB. Yeah. They have, you have the entire nation in your hand every Sunday. You're a 365-day-year sport. Don't screw it up. Uh, yeah, you're 100% right. And I think the owners may have thrown this out there just to test the waters, honestly. I don't, I don't know if I would have done that. Uh, well, I don't know if I would have either. But you know some of these guys, man, they're, they're eccentric. You see some of these 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 folks, these owners, and they're – you just – I mean – You're saying Jerry's eccentric? Jerry's one of the more normal ones. Are you kidding me? Have you seen the list of these misfits? Uh, yes. My goodness. Um, there are who's who of what? Yeah, who's, who's who of WTF, here. exactly. Um, so, I mean, it, it's not beyond a rich, crazy person <laughs> to just throw something out there in an effort to save money because that's honestly how rich people become and stay rich is they're smart and they try to cut corners when they can. I guess everyone wasn't like the Green Bay Packers. Who stashed away? What was it? What did we say it was like three hundred? That was million? a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. No, I know it's it, it. That could go real quick if you don't get some revenue, but that's going to satiate him at least for a year. Here's the thing, man. The NFL gets so much revenue from TV oh, yeah. and merchandise. The merchandise revenue is not. I mean, it'll get hurt game day in ballparks, but you can supplement not, that elsewhere. Yeah, you can supplement that elsewhere. It's not like it's going to be a situation where it is in baseball. Where I mean. I'll go on if I see something I like. I'll go on NFL.com and I'll buy it. I don't remember the last time I was on MLB.com and bought something. It's just they just they market everything so differently. And I mean, NFL commercials are usually for their uh, merchandise are honestly usually pretty annoying, but they stick with you. Yeah, and you recognize them. So I mean, NFL make revenue other places. I don't think this is a good call by the owners. I can't blame the players because this is not. You're, and I'm not trying to say I feel bad for these guys because you know the risks when you go into this, but you're one play away at all times from being in a really bad situation if something goes wrong. And your money's not guaranteed, and now they want to take 35% of that for something that's not your fault. If you walk into work tomorrow and your boss says, hey, Ben, we got to close at 8 o'clock instead of 10, so we're taking, we're taking 35% of your pay away. How do you feel about that? You're gonna go well. I'm. Oh well. What else? What Chris? I'll tell you what I'm gonna do. I would. I would pull up my phone, and I would get the number, the contact number for the union. Well, if you I, don't have that, though. If you don't have that, then you call an attorney. Yeah, exactly. Because that's you, not you, gonna you happen. Don't do it. Like you don't. Right. It doesn't. It doesn't work like that. Right. So I mean, that's what I'm saying. Is like, it's not. I mean, I know it's not the greatest analogy in the world, but it's what I got off the top of my head. It's just. This isn't going to work. It's not going to happen. Like, these guys are going to end up making what they make. The owners are still going to make money. Right. Absolutely they will. Can't. I mean, yeah, like, teams like the Patriots came out and they said that if 
as a thank you to fans who are willing to come out this season, if fans are you know permitted to be in the stands during games, free parking. Yeah. If you ever been to Gillette, oh, parking is like God. sixty bucks, so that's not a nothing thing. And that's that's around the stadium. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, if, obviously, if I would think though, if, it, never... if it's a seventy thousand person stadium, which I believe Jet, it, Gillette is, and you and you kind of follow in the Ravens' footsteps and have fourteen, eighteen thousand. You'd probably be able to fill a good majority, uh, fit a good majority of that into the free parking lot. Right. But I mean, the overruns as far as like the hotels and stuff around here that have parking—that's obviously a whole different animal. But uh, I just wanted to touch on one more thing about the NFL, and I gotta—I turned my paper already here. Um, they have already decided. We talk about other ways to get revenue. They have already decided that regardless if fans are allowed or not. The first six to eight rows in each stadium will be tarped off and used for advertising placement. There you go. So I'm gonna look into that. You might see a Ben and Chris Talk Sports uh, hey, why not? logo on one of the seats. It'll probably be for NFL prices. It'll probably be a little five. It'll, it'll probably be honestly business card size, so you won't see it. But we might do no, it. No, no. Let me ask you though. Do you think Bob would help us out? Uh probably wait, not. Wait. Do you think I could call Bob Bob? Or would it have to be Mr. Kraft? I mean, I would just say Manders would say Mr. Kraft. Okay. He is your elder. I mean, But I'm, I'm just thinking, maybe maybe Bob would help us out, you know? Hey, Bob, we're fans. I got to say this. There's a 100% chance if you don't know him and you walk up to him and go, Hey, Bob, can you help me out? You're not going to get helped out. You don't know that? I do 100%, yes. Well, there's very say, few certainties in life. Can't you just say 99% and give me a little hope? Sure. You're saying there's a chance. Uh, you know what? It is interesting, though. You bring up the whole um, revenue elsewhere. And it's going to be disgusting, but there is a team that is going to take advantage of this. And that's the Redskins. Because they're, they're going to change their name. Right. Well, what happens when you change your name, Chris? All new merchandise, new marketing, new everything. I mean, there's going to be some overhead initial for... for Printing the the jerseys, the shirt, the, the shirts, the hats, all that stuff. Where it's going to be made, I don't know where it's going to be made because you ain't shipping it from China. But I mean, they make jerseys here too. Okay, well, I'm just saying you, you're not getting it from China, so you're going to have to make it here. But you're going to make money off that way, right? Oh yeah, you have if you have diehard lifelong fans. Even if they're pissed for whatever reason at the name change, and that's, oh, a, whole different, that's a whole different animal. Well, they're probably pissed off at a certain individual. They're pissed off at Daniel Snyder, right. But that's because he just puts a bad product on the field. Exactly. And he's just, I mean, generally just not a nice person at all. Yes. But, you know, um, if you're a diehard fan, you're going to probably buy a jersey, buy a hat. Absolutely. So I was kind of wondering where you were going there for a minute. But, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. If you, you have a, a large fan base in that area who now needs to completely re-up with brand new merchandise, uh, there you go. I mean, that's I. I mean, that's that's the whole idea is you're going to have an opportunity to have that influx of money this year, and you're going to be the only team really that have that. I mean, there's a lot of teams that had um, jersey adjustments, but you're not going to get a fan base to go ravenous over slight adjustments to the jersey to have to buy all new merch because you made a slight adjustment. But if you rename it, and I guess the, the leader in the clubhouse is uh, the Warriors, 
But if you rename your team the Washington Warriors, you're going to want a new hat, a new T-shirt. Maybe you want the first-round draft pick from this year's draft jersey. Maybe you want Dwayne Haskins' jersey. I don't know, but he's unfortunately, and I say unfortunately because I'm not a big fan of Daniel Snyder. No, nor am I. I don't like how he's run the team. The only team that I, I consider lower than um, Daniel Snyder and the Redskins is obviously, and we both agree on this, uh, the Cleveland Browns, on just how they run their team over. Well, as an organ- uh, yeah, yes, on the field, yeah, yeah. Not the, not the product on the field. Oh, yeah, it's not the product on the field, on the field yeah. but, but the organization. Unfortunately, he's going to be able to take advantage of this. And, and, and we're going to have to swallow that pill, unfortunately, because he's finally getting the – he's been getting pressure for years to change the name. And now now he's changing it. So it's – I don't know what changed his mind. It, no, what, what changed his mind is FedEx, who pays $200 million. Oh, that's right. Yes, thank you. FedEx, who pays $200 million for, um, for the licensing to the, the, the name of the field – Asked him to, and Nike also. Nike, which is funny given Nike's history of foreign sweatshops. Right. But nobody wants to talk about that because it doesn't fit the narrative. But Nike, and there know, was there's another. problems. There's problems everywhere in that whole relationship. There was a third one, and I don't remember. I don't remember. I don't know, but I know those were enough because. Here's the thing I that bothers FedEx me. Would have been enough to be honest with you. What's that? FedEx would have been enough. Yeah, I mean, what bothers me is not the fact in changing the name because, quite honestly, um. You know, the Redskins is a derogatory term. Yeah, that was used. So I don't know how it lasted this long, anyways. And trust me, guys, I am no captain political correctness. I'm not. I'm not. You know, offended by the sunrise if it comes up at the wrong angle. But this is a derogatory term that was used. I don't know. How, it needs to change. This one I get. Like the Braves, the Blackhawks. Like already coming out and saying they're not changing their name, Correct. guys. Seriously, let's let's get real about this, okay? If you're offended, first of all, the, a brave was a term of honor for a Native American, right? So if that offends you. Are... This doesn't that doesn't offend Native Americans. That offends people who just want to be professionally offended. And I'm not going to get off on that soapbox because that's another hour on itself. But. Let's get real with some of this stuff here. And the Blackhawks, that's a that's a tribe. That was based in Chicago. It's, it's nothing derogatory. So there's statues I've been to Chicago. There's statues all over the city celebrating the Blackhawk tribe. It's not a negative thing. So enough. But whatever. You can't say anything nowadays without offending somebody. So, so you may as well just say what you think. You might as well. Just don't Don't go too far. Oh, yeah, well, so that's my mature gonna, response gonna, to that. I guess we can dig in real quick to the the, the bubble, as it's yeah. affectionately. The Orlando bubble, as it's affectionately being called, yes. Um, that is uh, the wide world of sports complex where the NBA players will be staying for the remainder of the season. Uh, I, only, I put this down as a topic because it was, it was kind of funny. The reaction when they got uh, some of the – I think it was Donovan Mitchell – uh, there was a player who posted on Twitter the picture of his dinner from the first day. And it was, it didn't look bad. Because I've, I've been, to, I've fortunate enough in my life to be able to go to Disney World with my family when I was younger. And even their, what they consider their value hotels, 
are phenomenal. I mean, they're actually some. I mean, some of my favorite memories are staying at the value hotels. They're not. They're just Disney value. They're not. Uh, they're not dumpy by any means. They're still incredibly well done, clean, nice facilities. But these guys are staying in like the tippity top deluxe hotels, and it was. It was a, it was a really nice presentation as far as like the menu went, but it was all like uh, single serve to go, you know, containers full of like whatever vegetables or fruit they wanted. And <laughs> I think he posted, he was like kind of shocked, like, really, this is what we got. And if you're a professional athlete who is in the kind of condition these guys are in, who, who does as much physical activity as they do, you could be concerned they may not get enough to sustain them. However, NBA commissioner Adam Silver uh, came out and wanted to quell the concerns of the concerned public and players. And apparently they are only required to have the meals uh, delivered to their room while they're under the quarantine period. While they're, you know, while they're, when they first get there. And then once they pass through that, they'll be able to go to one of several restaurants selected. They get three meals a day, four meals on a game day. And he said to make sure to tell the people new, if the players still need more food, all they got to do is talk to a team official. It'll get it for them. It's not like, it's not like this is all you get now starve. So there were some people who were very concerned about that as well as players who apparently they did not do a good enough job relaying the information to, because these guys thought they were going to get like a Dixie cup full of arugula and they were going to be good with that. So, yeah, that was uh, kind of a little funny side note, but they uh, that was that was a real concern. But apparently, it's just a quarantine period, and once once they pass that and they're they're doing their regular tests and they're staying inside the Orlando bubble, they are free to go to one of the hotels, many many fine restaurants. And again, as somebody who's been there, uh, I don't know if it's the same Disney cooks they have or if NBA brought on their own chefs, but either way. The facilities there can make some really, really damn fine food. And uh, a couple other side notes. The uh, Again, they're only required to stay in the room during a quarantine period uh, for meals. Um, there's three hotels. I originally said four, but I can only find three. Three hotels all the teams are staying at. And they are not permitted to enter each other's rooms. They have to stay in their own room. If they have uh, want to have dinner with somebody else from a different room, they have to have that meal outside. Again, these guys are going to be on the court after they are tested, playing against each other, but you cannot go into a hotel room and sit on a chair in their room because somehow the virus will know that you are not playing right now. It is okay to attack you. So let me get this straight. So there's some more inconsistency. Let me get this straight, Chris. The virus knows when the basketball game is going on, hey, 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 we're going to stop right here at the edge of the court. We can't go it knows, dude. It knows. But if we're chilling in, in the room and we want to have dinner, I know you're there. Yep. I will attack at that point. Dude. That is insane. Like that is the, like a hungry lion. Like that a hungry is lion. on par with this jersey swap. Yep. That's why I brought it up because I think it's exactly the same thing. You're, you're tested. You're in a bubble. You've passed your quarantine period. Like, you're good. They're, getting, and, they're probably getting tested every day. Right? You're in clean sanitary facilities. Like I said, even Disney's value resorts are clean and sanitary and well-kept. These guys are in 
the five six hundred dollar a night, probably even more. Some of them suites, and, <laughs> and, and it's like not, we can't like we still have to go this far. Okay, and I'm guessing when they leave to go to the game or to practice, the room is being completely ser- sterilized. Oh, I would think so. Yeah. So when they come back, completely clean. Completely. clean. All new amenities, I, I, just like every hotel. Like it's. I, I don't know what to say to this, Chris. I nah, really don't. No. Nah. It's it's your point. Your point. It's just no consistency. It's passed absurd a long time ago. Again, if they're not, if we're not taking these precautions, and they're just living in their cities or in their homes, and they're coming every day without getting tested, I completely understand these things. But there comes a point where we got to go. <laughs> if. If everybody's been tested and nobody can leave, everybody's clean and we've been here through quarantine. What? 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 Why? And I know there's some people with answers out there, but 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 but. Well, okay. Just be consistent. That's all. Yeah, just some consistency. Again, not faulting anyone for being worried. Not faulting anyone for being scared. Especially if you're in at risk. I get that. People but if you're at cor- risk, you're not going to be there to begin with. Exactly. People who've been quarantined, like they told us we should do, and, and you wear a mask when you're in public, and you wash your hands like a civilized adult, and you bathe daily like most, like I would hope the majority of people did, although I've been out in public, it's not the majority of people. Trust me, Chris. I mean. They're not. Precautions. and But apparently this is just, we have to go to the absurd with everything. So, so you're, you're managing consistency, right? I mean, I think that's kind of been the theme throughout the episode. If if we were going to highlight one title, consistency. Sure. There's a topic we haven't got to yet, and I think we'll get to it. There's one thing that has happened over the past few days that has no consistency whatsoever. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Would you like to take this over? Yeah, you're talking about Deshaun Jackson. Yes. Mr. Jackson apparently came out and uh, issued a statement that was believed to have been uh, spoken by Adolf Hitler. But apparently, it was found out it was not. It was rumored to be attributed to him. It was not. But it was still seen as very uh, offensive to uh, people of Jewish faith. And I'm just wondering, man. Where's the outrage? Because when Drew Brees, who, by the way, listen to that interview, Drew Brees was set up because they wanted to get him. Drew Brees stated that he would not kneel because he felt it was disrespectful to the flag. All somebody had to do was come out and say, hey, Drew, look at everybody talking about it. That's not what it's about. It's not about the flag. So we're not disrespecting it. It's about this. And I'm sure Drew Brees, to what I to this point have seen to be a relatively reasonable man, would have said, "Oh, my bad, guys, I made a mistake." Instead, his own teammates and people in other leagues raked him over the coals, called him a racist, all these horrible things, to the point where he had to backtrack, and now he has to play catch up with people who are never going to be happy anyways. When all he did was voice an opinion because. He felt that it was something that it wasn't, which is mistakes happen. But this is Drew Brees. This is a good dude who's been a consistently good human being his entire career. Just, I mean, 
It's absolutely asinine. Deshaun Jackson says something. Oh, he posted something. Posted something. And I'm just curious, where, where's LeBron? Where's Michael Thomas? Where's Michael Jenkins? All these guys couldn't wait to push enter on their comments on Twitter, but rating him for being the problem. And crickets. Well, that's not everybody. There's been some people who came out and, and, and criticized Deshaun. Just being consistent. That's all I'm saying. If you're going to break Drew Brees over the coals for something he said that was not even racist, and Deshaun Jackson says something that's very clearly anti-Semitic, offensive to Jewish people, there's not the same level of outrage. If we want equality here, folks, and we want to be able to have these tough conversations, we have to be consistent with everybody. And we only don't get for a long time. We didn't get into heavy stuff like that on this show, but the reality of it is, Ben and I both have opinions on this stuff, and, and we're going to start expressing them. It's it's tied in completely to the the sports realm, so it's another part of the reason why we're we're discussing it. Absolutely. And and your point, and I, I, you asked me that before the episode. It's like where where is LeBron James? I told you what he tweeted out on on Inst- Instagram. Yeah, nothing well, to do with this. Posted nothing. on Instagram and and tweeted out on on Twitter. Nothing, absolutely nothing. Like he tweeted out hours ago that he was heading to the um, to the uh, facilities and, and some some other things like that. But but nothing pertaining to. Hey, Deshaun, let's have a conversation. No, no, no. Maybe he had a conversation on the side through personal DMs, but that didn't stop them from posting stuff on Drew Brees. So oh, no. just no, no. be consistent. No problem with that, yeah. Because I'll tell you who what you know who is consistent? And this is going to shock some people. Stephen A. Smith. Yeah. Michael Wilbon. Yep. They came out, uh, you know, and I think actually Stephen A. was very um, – Reserve with uh, Drew. I don't remember his exact video because it was a couple weeks ago. And I know Michael Wilbon came out pretty hard against Drew. What? Here's my thing. And I'm sorry to cut you off, but that's fine. That's if fine. you have strong feelings, on, no, no one's telling you how to feel. That's fine. Just be consistent. And I think, I th- and that's the point. I'm talking about both these these gentlemen. Yep. They laid into Deshaun, and then if you don't know, Stephen Jackson came out and agreed with. Deshaun's post even after Deshaun apologized for posting that. And now and, and subsequently Stephen had Stephen Jackson has uh said he, he used the wrong words. Okay, Stephen. It's funny how everyone always uses the wrong words the minute people are bothered. It's okay. But I think we need to take the example of everybody. I mean everybody needs to take example of what Will Bond and Stephen A. Smith and I think Stephen more so, because um, Michael tends to, to stick a little bit more towards sports. Not not great deal, but Stephen will put his opinions out there. Uh, he is a powerful personality, and he is a he has a powerful following, and people respect what he says. So when he puts it out there, uh, he backs it up one hundred percent. And if he's wrong, he'll say he's wrong, but he will put it out there. And he makes a statement, and he tries to be as consistent as possible. And I think that's the one thing we can expect about Stephen. Yes. Even if we don't agree what with everything he says. But in polite society, you can have civil disagreements. You can. We don't agree on, on everything. No. We didn't, we didn't agree on talking about this topic on the show. Correct. 
I put it in originally. You said you weren't crazy about it because you've heard so much of it throughout the week. And then you just kind of, you know. And, and just, you know, it's like. You're like, hey, I'm in the zone. Let's do it. Like, right. I mean, But, you know. So. I think that's the point is that we can have civil disagreements on certain topics. Right. Certain subjects, viewpoints, ideals, what have you. But we can keep it civil. It's, it's when we don't. And we just shut somebody out completely. Exactly. And we can't have a conversation. Because I think that's the key. The key, the key to everything and that's, that's connecting sports is that as long as we have conversations. And I believe that these players with the Saints have had conversations with Drew Brees. Sure. And they said so much that they're going to have conversations. And I think the more respect, respectful ones have. We know my issue with Jenkins. I think he was very uh, a cancer in the Eagles' locker room, and as much, they cut him. He hasn't played it down. A team any- that drastically needed a powerful secondary, by the way, cut him. Yeah. So that'll tell you what you need to know about him in the locker room. And he hasn't played it down with Drew, but he's going to have comments about yeah. Drew, which is fine. You can have the comments. Right. Just make sure you're going to back him up. That's, that, again, that's... Nobody, neither Ben, or nobody's only Ben and I, neither of us is saying anybody's right or wrong for their opinions. Like, but we go, you know, especially after the whole George Floyd thing, Breonna Taylor, all those, you know, those horrible, Kate, those horrible incidents happened. It was, we got to communicate. We yeah. got to be better. We got to learn to understand each other better. And as far as that goes, I am 100% in agreement. The problem is people just started attacking people who weren't trying to say anything wrong. You can't say we got to talk about these things, and then the minute somebody doesn't understand, just say, you're the problem, you're racist. Wait a minute. I, I, I didn't say anything. Like, Drew Brees didn't say anything racist. No. Drew Brees said how he felt about disrespecting the flag. He misunderstood the point of what everybody was doing by kneeling and everything. Right. And instead of people coming out and saying, Drew, we got to talk. Which would have been a perfectly acceptable tweet. People coming out, trying to virtue signal and get on their soapbox so they can get clicks and downloads and follows on Twitter, acting like Drew Brees is some horrible human being. All you got to do is look at this history and realize it couldn't be further from the truth. That's crazy. This isn't somebody who's a constant problem. This is somebody who constantly made, made a living out of saying things that are right on the edge of right and wrong and had known issues in the past or I made racial comments in the past, I could completely understand people freaking out. But they freaked out on poor Drew Brees. And not poor Drew Brees. Drew Brees is a grown man. He can make his own comments and defend himself. Not poor anybody. But they freaked out on a guy who (laughs) did not mean offense by it. And now he has to act like he's done this horrible thing for probably the remainder of his career because people are trying to use him to get downloads. And then Deshaun Jackson says this. And like you said, Michael Wilbon, Stephen A. Smith, people like that. People in those power positions who had strong opinions on Drew Brees had strong opinions on him, and I respect the hell out of that. Just be consistent. That's all. If I disagree with your point of view, I don't care. I can have a conversation with you about anything. Sports, politics, weather, don't, don't care. We don't do it on air because there's just some hot button issues we don't touch because we're a sports podcast. And we're only talking about stuff like this because it's sports related. 
But I can talk to you about anything. If I disagree with you, if you can have a civilized conversation, I don't care what color you are. I don't care what gender you are. I don't care what your preferences are. If you're a fellow human being and you want to talk to me, I'll have a conversation with you. Just be consistent. That's all I ask anybody in any situation. Just so you know, Malcolm Jenkins and Michael Thomas, nothing. Well, that's a shame. Crickets. They've tweeted out stuff, but... That's a shame, but... Nope, Deshaun... Trust me, though. Deshaun has not gotten off easy on this. It's just... The player... um, Player background? No, what am I thinking of? The player... um, I don't know what I'm trying to... The word I'm thinking of. Blowback. There we go. Okay, yeah. The player blowback has not been there. The media blowback absolutely has. He had a conversation with both the owner and the GM, which are both Jewish. And he put out an IG post afterwards, you know, apologizing. And and, and I think, because I don't know, because I don't know him. I haven't talked to him. I think he's learning from this and trying to progress forward, which is what we want. So much so that Julian Edelman, who apparently they're friends, they've talked before this. Julian Edelman is of of the Jewish faith, uh, is extended to take him to visit the Holocaust Museum. And also in turn, would like to visit African American History Museums with him as an attempt to actually, get this, we've been saying unity the entire time, in an attempt to actually help understand each other's background better. Right. I think that's fair. I think that's that's the right thing to do. And especially since they have a friendship, a relationship. Right. It makes sense. Um but I don't I don't I don't I don't know why we have to be inconsistent. I just don't know why. I I know why they are. And when I say I say both sides, I when I, I say that. they, I say both sides. I think are inconsistent. It comes down to people just and I don't know, I'm not a psychologist. People are so big on being right that they feel, I think, a lot of them, if they listen to any other viewpoint. And look, there's some things that are, I mean, in this world that are clearly right and wrong. I'm not talking, not everything is a gray area. Obviously, racism is bad. That's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about people who made racist comments. That stuff is not, well, actually, we kind of are with Deshaun Jackson. But that's clearly bad. We're talking about we're getting to a point where we're taking things that are not even in that context and have athletes jump down the throat of other athletes because I, I don't know why. Like, I don't know anybody jumped on Drew Brees. Right. Like, the, there was no – it's Drew Brees. Like, dude, are you going to find a more likable person in the league than Drew Brees? Maybe some that are at his level, but come on. It's, it's it's absurd, and it's not consistent. And the, like, pro- and the problem is, is we're going to be talking about this again sometime soon. Unfortunately, and you know we. Um, and I'm just gonna said, I'm just gonna hope. I have faith that 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 Stephen A. at the minimum will will be consistent on this, and I hope Michael Wilbon will too. It's just the players need to own their actions, and if you're willing to go. 
and rake, as you said, rake Drew Brees over the coals. You should have no problem raking Deshaun Jackson over the coals. And there are multiple um, Jewish football players who have reached out, who have posted respectfully and would like to have dialogue with him on their faith. And I think that's and, the right thing to do. It's not destroy him publicly. Right. Having cause having said that, I believe I don't I don't believe Deshaun Jackson did that with the malicious intent. No, I don't he know. was he was trying to He was trying to make another point and it came across poorly. I don't think he was trying to be an awful human being. The same way I don't think Drew Brees was. I think he just Good people can do stupid things sometimes. Yes. And make mistakes. And I wish we get away from the point uh, as a society where if somebody does one dumb thing, that's regrettable. We hold it against them forever. Deshaun Jackson one's still kind of fresh. It's only been a few days. I get it. But. We'll forget about it. We'll yeah. And, and, and you should as long as this is a one-time mistake. Right. And this isn't something he does all the time. If it is and he continues or it's something that's been in pattern we don't know about, different story. Dude just made a dumb comment one time. Yeah, it's offensive. It bothers people. And it's not okay. But, I mean, come on. like. And, and to back that up, if Steven Jackson doesn't say anything else, I'll, I'll forget about it. I'll go back to remembering what he's doing for George Floyd's right. daughter. And, but Dude's done so much good work on that front. Right. So that, doesn't, that does not negate him making a dumb comment defending somebody does not negate the other good work he's done. Right. I mean, I think Stephen went a little, a little, he was a little hyperbolic when he said that has destroyed everything Stephen Jackson done. But yeah, I will say this. If he does something else, like backs up somebody else that does a story, maybe not of this same ilk, but similar, now it's a pattern. Now it's a coincidence that he's done it twice. Now you start seeing a, a narrative form about a person. But hopefully that doesn't happen. Hopefully not. And like I said, I'm willing to give anybody a chance with a good history that they just said they just said something dumb. Like I said, as far as I know, Drew Brees is not somebody who has any kind of racial issues or has even had that accusation before. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, as far as I know, hasn't had a history of... Um, anti-Semitic comments or anything like that. So if you just say something and you don't quite understand the context, yeah, you got to be more aware of what you say. But at the same point, we can't say we have to discuss these things. And then when they come up, just ostracize and paint somebody as evil. And we don't agree with you, so you're just, and I hate this term because it just drives me nuts, you're canceled, quote. That's... Uh, yeah, I, I can't I can't even deal with people who think that's a real term. But yeah, I mean, well, I mean, it is because people use it all the time, right. so it's it's been brought to life. But I don't I don't understand that again. And then we're gonna get out of here. The repetitive thing, I get people's outrage. If it happens once because you just didn't know, ignorance isn't an excuse. But you gotta understand things happen. And and I would say, and I'll end with this. I would say. Tweeting out something in any kind of relation 
or, or doing an IG post with um, with Hitler. Yeah, that's got to be a you, no-no. You definitely want to sit back for a second yeah. and evaluate the whole context of what you're doing. Um, <laughs> Remember when I just said some things are clearly right and wrong? Yeah. Yeah, anything that could be potentially pro-Hitler is going to be on the wrong list. Even the very, very wrong list. Even if it's neutral? Yeah. You want to sit... Because, like, like Steve and I called him, a, I believe, a disgusting human being. He may have used a little bit more colorful terminology. That's about how you want to describe him. You go anything less than that? Yeah. So, I would suggest just... just Stay away from anything. Stay, stay away from it. Yeah. And have a dialogue about the subject in person with somebody. Yes. Not put it out on... Uh, Twitter, not put it on IG, because as as it happened, his uh, his story, his his dialogue got misconstrued in something else because of who was attached. Exactly. Who, reportedly exactly. attached to right. it, even though technically it didn't. Right. He didn't wasn't attached to it. It doesn't matter. So we can all be better for this situation. We can all move forward, but. Consistency, consistency, consistency. That's all you need. Yep. Well, we, uh, like we said, Ben and I have some strong opinions, and we've kind of tried to steer away from controversial topics to an extent because we wanted to give you guys a somewhere to go to kind of get away from all that. Realistically, uh, if we steer away from opinions that him and I have, uh, we're not being true to ourselves. So we like to be consistent, and as as Ben just, you know, very vehemently uh, expressed. So you know, not every show is going to have some kind of heavy element like that. But if we do have an opinion on something, even though it might be a hot button issue. Uh, we're going to have a discussion. But here's the thing. We're going to have a real discussion. We're not just going to go out there and make outlandish claims. We're not going to make accusations uh, just to try to get downloads. We're going to be real about it. We're going to do our research. And if we can't find anything that can verify something, we're just not going to bring it up. Like we're not, we're not here to give you a line of BS just to get clicks and downloads. And if we're wrong, we find out later. Yeah. We'll, we'll come out and we'll say we'll it. Exactly. It because we will be consistent. Um, so we hope you guys enjoyed it, even if you're a little uncomfortable or have a bit of an opposing view. I uh, hope you listened all the way through to understand where we're coming from. And as I always say, nice segue right into it, if you have any questions or comments or anything you'd like to discuss from this show or past shows or future shows, we would love to hear from you legitimately. We're not afraid to have conversations. But Ben, where can you get in touch with us? You can hit us up on Twitter. That's at BCTSPod. Or you can hit us up on Facebook at Ben and Chris Talk Sports. All right. Hope you enjoyed this show, episode 79. For Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy, stay sane. And we'll see you all right back here Tuesday morning. Thank you.